Our gospel lesson comes from Luke, starting in chapter 7, verse 36. Hear now the word of the Lord. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city, who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus spoke up. And said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts for both of them. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning to the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of the things I am grateful for about the family that raised me was that we committed every night to have dinner together as a family. I appreciated it probably a little more than my older brother did because it was often his stories of the day that we focused on most nights. It was how basketball practice went. We grew up in Indiana, of course. It was always about basketball one way or the other. It was about how school was going, and we would talk about advice or the next steps that were coming as he was getting older and older. I'm grateful for it as a younger brother, because I knew it was always coming in front of me because of how well we talked about my brother's stories as we were growing up. Today, we have another dinner table, and other stories are being told. But just as much as the dinner table for me growing up shaped me for the task of growing up as as a child, so too this table forms and shapes us. And the stories that are told around that table remind us how we are to be as a community of faith. This story at the table in our scripture this morning is a scandalous one. Jesus is reclining at a table. His feet are away from the table and his his face is towards it. 
And a woman who was not invited comes in and starts to bathe his feet with tears, wiping off the tears with her hair, pouring out expensive ointment over his feet. For the Pharisee who is watching what is going on, this is a surprise and an outrage because he knows her story. He knows her from the city that they live in, that she is a sinner. We don't know the details, but he sure does. And he realizes what is happening is something that is offensive. And it also casts doubt on who Jesus is and what Jesus is up to. Because any prophet, any person who knows God's deep truth, should know when a sinner is coming up and touching you how inappropriate that is. So, for this Pharisee, Jesus appears like a false prophet. It is not so. For Jesus, the prophet, sees something deeper than this Pharisee, this religious leader, can recognize. Jesus recognizes not just the woman's past, that story that has been told many times about her, but also recognizes the possibility of a new story. And to offer that same perspective to this religious leader, he tells a different story, a hypothetical that helps you get a little bit of perspective in a way that's hard when somebody has crashed your dinner party. His hypothetical goes like this. Imagine there was a creditor who had two debts owed to him. One was the equivalent of 50 years' worth of work. The other one was 50 years' worth of work for 10 people. And the creditor forgave all of the debts. Which of the two who were forgiven the debts would love that creditor more? This story is a reminder that even in, the, even in telling the stories of the past, no matter where people come from, there is always a future story that can emerge. This story of a debt being forgiven reminds the Pharisee and all of those at that table that the stories that have shaped a person to get to where they are now need not be the story that can carry them into the future. Forgiveness is possible. Debts and burdens can be released, and new beginnings can emerge. These are two competing stories. For the Pharisee, that story about the woman as a sinner is a closed story. The woman is who she is, and she always will be that way. Not much will change. Jesus' story offers possibility, a future, something new that can emerge. We know those two stories well. The stories that we tell that are closed off. The stories that say, so-and-so is always going to be that way because I remember when they hurt me years ago. The stories that we tell in our political environment these days often are very closed. Closed in that that side of the aisle always thinks this way, so we need to buffer ourselves and think this way. Closed in a way that the stories of suffering or injustice or hurt just become ammunition for a process that makes everyone feel the worse off. To those stories of closure, Jesus continues to offer 
a different message. A different story that offers new possibilities that can emerge. One of the ways that that feels most apparent to us often are in the stories of those who are closest to us in relationship. Members of our family. Because often we realize in those stories where we have been hurt or harmed, where we have had to create some distance with someone else, that the pain of creating a new story is difficult. Sometimes in those stories we have to recognize that it is not our place to try and repair a divide that is out of our hands. But all the same, Jesus offers a new possibility to each and every person. Sometimes in those stories, we must recognize that for us to maintain our healthy sense of ourselves, we have to allow our story the space to say, I am not the one to lead for the new change, but I still offer up a word of hope that at some point God may make something new. We as a people are always stuck between telling stories that are closed and stories that open up new beginnings. We don't know how this Pharisee took that story. Jesus moves on too quickly to the next one. But I would imagine after this meal, the Pharisee probably told it like this. When he was at a different dinner table, maybe another gathering of religious leaders or pillars of the community, saying, you know, I did invite that Jesus one time to eat with us, And would you believe what he did? Well, you know, that woman came in, the one that we always talk about, and she started washing Jesus' feet, touching him, and Jesus didn't stop him. What kind of prophet might he be? It just shows that all of what he was up to was always just a flash in the pan, some kind of shallow leadership. And a closed story can repeat itself. Jesus tells something different. Not even a story that points to new possibility, but actually names that a new possibility is emerging right now. Jesus tells the story of what is happening at that table in a new light, in a way that brings out how, in and through Jesus, possibilities take on new life. He says, basically, that that woman was more hospitable than the Pharisee himself. She was the one who was ministering at that time. There is in the ancient Near East a strong expectation of what a host ought to do for a gracious guest. Washing feet was customary, as was anointing the head of oil of a distinguished guest. And this Pharisee did none of that. It was this woman who came. It was this woman who washed Jesus' feet. It was this woman who lavished an expensive gift upon Jesus, showing how valued he was in her eyes. And it was this Jesus, this woman, who, at the end, in Jesus' words, said, this woman showed great love. This woman is the example of ministry in this passage. Not even Jesus. Jesus is merely pointing to the ministry that is emerging as this woman discovers a new story within her. 
in and through Jesus, that new story comes out. And she is the gracious host in this story. It is a reminder for us that these closed stories often keep at arm's length the very people who offer the most important story to bring us healing. Jesus was able to see that in this woman and bring it right to the center and say she is the minister as a part of this new life coming out, this new community of faith emerging as Jesus walks and talks and lives and breathes in this community. She is the minister to follow. That is only possible because for this woman, she knows how her story has been transformed. What was a closed story was freed up to new possibility, and in so doing, she found new ways of ministering at the table that Jesus has set. It's an important reminder for those of us who sometimes feel like a prophet should see the deep truth of what is going on, that sometimes the deep truth isn't visible at first glance. It only emerges as the power of Christ comes in and works through each and every one of us. It's a glimpse and a reminder that we should always be surprised when we are ministered to by people who we didn't expect. But it was those very people who had the most important message for us to share. May we, too, have eyes to see the true value, not of a host who is able to afford or to create, as in Martha Stewart, the kind of host that, the kind of meal that is appropriately dignified. But rather, may we participate and join with Jesus in the types of meals where great love is shown forth. Amen.